The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The clock is winding down for late-season waterfowl, and Jim and Trav are feeling the heat. So in these final hours, the Revolution boys are calling in favors from the pros and pulling out all the stops to ensure a safe and successful waterfowl harvest. And it's presented to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com. And now, here's Jim and Trav. Gun safety is very important. Something quick and easy to do when there are people out walking around in the blind, simply open your gun up. Put the shell in, have it stuck out like that. There's no way this gun can fire. This is a very safe gun at the moment. So what would you call that? The retractor, Jimmy, or the bolt? I would call it the bolt. The bolt. Whatever pulls that shell out of the chamber. I would think it'd be a retractor because it's actually pulling it. It's retractable. The retractable (laughs) bolt is what it'd be. That's a good idea, though. Um, Just pull that back, have your shell sticking out, and then when you go to shoot, all you got to do is pull that back, pop the shell in, uh, you're ready to go. But you know what? Uh, One thing we don't talk uh, about much on this show is safety of any nature. Uh, So real quick, why don't we run over the three... Three basic laws of gun safety. You ready, Jimmy? I'm ready. Is this a quiz? I hope you know them. (laughs) It's Firearm Safety 101. Oh, no! Hey, treat every gun as if it were loaded. Dose! How about always keep your muzzle pointed in a safe direction? Threads. Know your target and beyond. Three good things. If you follow those... Um, you'll never have a problem. You'll have a merry day in the woods. There you go. All right, so another thing we want to touch on real quick. We are talking about late-season waterfowl hunting on today's show. And usually it's cold. It uh, is cold. Ice. Sometimes the ice can be thin. Um, so Jim and I have this rule, a couple guidelines we follow, right? When you're out there and the water is going to be usually over waist deep, for Jim, that would be like knee high. He's so freaking tall. Uh, wear a PFD. Personal flotation device every time. I, I use it when I go in the bathroom. Anything can happen. You don't know. In case he falls in, which he's been known to do on occasion. Yeah, also, another great uh, little piece of uh, equipment uh, to have with you. You know, you always can't count on cell phones. A VHF radio will always work. You know, even uh, uh, Motorola has waterproof VHF radios. Yeah. And like they, your phone normally. Now, yours is waterproof. Mine isn't. Mine's cool. I got the Army style phone. You can drop in the water. Doesn't really matter. Uh, but, you know, you can't always count on a cell phone, a VHF radio. Uh, it can always uh, reach the Coast Guard, police stations. Give you weather reports. Um, weather reports, automatic weather reports that are uh, specific to the region you're in. Uh, just a, a handy little tool to have in case you find yourself in that precarious situation uh, where you need to contact someone. You can't always rely on a cell phone. You can rely on a VHF radio. And once again, they started. Just Google them. Uh, they start for around uh, 70 bucks, and they will save your life. So you know what? It, it, it's worth uh, taking the time to look into them. Don't leave home without them. Don't leave home without them. So once again, we are talking about late-season waterfowl hunting on today's show. And in this week's Ram Power Block. Ram Power Block. The legendary Wade Bourne will phone in. And also calling in at 785-846-7647 will be expert Tundra Swan Hunter, Mike Marsh. Author, chef, and TV host, Georgia Pellegrini, Steve Trinan from Mold Gear, and Jim Crowley from Hook and Hunt TV and Radio. Yeah, plus we're going to get to Mark with the mailbag here in just a second. But wait, Wade Bourne! I love Wade Bourne. This man is amazing. If, if this is my own personal belief that I think he is the greatest uh, waterfowl hunter out there. He truly gets it. And he goes to show you that, you that you don't have to look like a hippie. You don't have to have long hair and a beard. And blackout. Yeah, in face paint. Thank you. <laughs> uh, to be a good ducker. I'm just going to leave it at that. Mr. Wade! <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Hey, Trav. I'm fine, man. How are you doing? <laughs> Not too bad. Now, you know, uh, like we mentioned earlier, Wade, it's wet, it's cold this time of year, but this is my favorite time to get out there and do... Are you doing okay, Jimmy? <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> okay. I saw upstairs in the in the break room, there's an empty bottle of wine. <laughs> I, it's not from me. Did it have a nipple on it? If it didn't, then it's not mine. <laughs> uh, anyways, you know, uh, Wade, what was I talking about? Oh, this time of year, duck hunting. Late season waterfowl hunting, Wade. I mean, holy cow, those ducks are covered in a thick layer of fat this time of year. Um, also, you know, they have that, that brilliantly uh, developed plumage. It's just amazing. Jim shakes his head. He's so handsome. <laughs> Anyways, they're, not only are they darn good looking, they're also tasty, Wade. How do you feel uh, about late season waterfowl? Are you, are you as stoked about it as Jim and I are? 
I think it's one of the best opportunities going. You know, obviously, seasons are closed all, you know, except down in the southern part of the flyway. But yeah, uh, I hunt uh, Missouri and Kentucky. The southern Missouri zone is open till January 20th. Really? Uh, over in Kentucky wow. and Tennessee, we go to around the 25th of January. And so, you know, we, we're still looking at uh, several weeks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of years, uh, this is when the ducks really get here. You know, if it's a, a warm winter, you know, we had the storm back in around right before Christmas and uh, pushed a bunch of ducks south. But some years uh, we don't get our birds. We don't get the bulk of our mallards in particular until about this time of year. And so it's uh, I look forward to January. January, we have our best hunting here. Yeah. Now, the thing is, uh, you have been hunting since uh, the season began. I mean, you, you hunted all of the, like the teal and so forth. I have been, I have been hunting since time began. <laughs> <laughs> but since that seventh in my bones. <laughs> that the, seventh day. Yeah, yeah. But the fact of the matter is, you've hunted all of the flyways and one of your favorite places used to be, and I don't know if it still is, Real Foot Lake right there in Tennessee. I love Real Foot Lake. You know, that's kind of my roots. That's where I grew up and learned to, or not grew up, but grew up hunting and I learned to blow a duck call down there and, uh, now I'm still hunting, just uh, have a little farm in Kentucky, just north of Real Foot, and then uh, right across the river in the boot heel of Missouri. So I'm still right in that area. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a great place to hunt. It's, uh, you know, it depends on the weather, as, as waterfowl hunting does anywhere. Uh, in real cold spells, that lake will freeze over, and it kind of locks it up. But, uh, that, you know, that's one of the one of the keys to success in the late season is that you have to be able to move when the ducks move and mm-hmm. they will yeah. move dependent upon the weather conditions and the water conditions when it's cold all the, the shallow water's frozen they're going to be on the rivers and flying into dry fields to feed yeah uh when the, a thaw comes they will go right back to those shallow areas almost overnight so you mm-hmm. have to be versatile. You have to scout. You have to kind of keep up with conditions and and move when those ducks move. Now I, I want to ask you a, a question, Wade, and, and I'm going to quote a uh, champion caller, uh, Sean Hammock here. He says, "Way too many guys waste their time with a few number of birds when they should be looking for hundreds or even thousands." Now this time of year, you know, you can do all the scouting you want to do, Wade, but it doesn't go usually as planned. Do you agree with that? Should we be trying to find those huge numbers instead of focusing on on smaller? What do you think this time of year? When you get into January, mallards are probably ninety or ninety five percent paired up. You know, a drake and a hen. Well, when a drake pairs with a hen, he wants to take her away from the flock. If the water, if the swamps and the marshes are thawed, if, if they're available to that pair, a lot of times they will seclude themselves. You know, you'll let's say you have a swamp or a patch of flooded timber. You'll have a pair of ducks over here and a pair of ducks over there. Uh, and that's where those birds want to be. They won't be gathered in those big concentrations, except for those ducks who are unpaired. Mm-hmm. And the ducks that have not found their mates uh, will collect in big groups uh, it, it's sort of like uh, going to a nightclub and picking up a girl. You know, you, <laughs> you got to go where the action is. So they will collect in those big groups in open areas where they're highly visible. Uh, I really, you know, I had a friend. He's passed away now, but I hunted with him for years and years. And he had a saying: If I'm here and the ducks are over there, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, think about that. Very that's true. A, that's kind of a trite saying. <laughs> I like but it. That just that just points up the importance of scouting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I do agree with John. If if you can find the, the more birds you're around, the greater your success. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you can't find success mm-hmm. by hunting those little smaller potholes and, and a smaller number of birds, but this time of year, I'm going to get on the Mississippi River, and I'm going to look for them. If, if things are frozen up, they'll be rafted up in the sloughs, and, and they sometimes will be there by the hundreds of thousands. If there is a sudden rise, if there's a rain, a, a heavy rain in January, mm-hmm. uh, and the river jumps up and floods the backwaters, man, that's golden. I mean, you can just you can count on that. you got to go. you got to be ready and uh, hunt out of a, a portable boat blind and move with the ducks and Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's you know it just everything depends on on your conditions with your water and your food. Yeah. Now the thing is, this is late in the season. They have heard every call imaginable. Do you call a lot, or do you keep it uh, 
down to a minimum. Wade can whisper to them, and yeah, they will he, come. He's a duck whisperer. I, I've seen it. <laughs> I wanna... The duck whisperer. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that works, and sometimes they don't whisper back. Uh, you know, it's uh, again, this is like it's like going bass fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, one day they want one lure, one day they want the other lure. Some some days, uh, depending on obviously time of year and and how pressured your ducks are, uh, has some influence on how you call. But conditions have changed from day to day. One day they want to be called a lot, and the next yeah. day, if you call a lot, you're going to spook them, scare them away. So you just, it's, you know, there's no real pat answer to that. Yeah. We need to get those little bracelets made up. You know, what would Jesus do? I mean, what would Wade do? Yeah. You know, I think that all the time when I'm out there, I'm having a frustrating day. Now, I just want to rub his belly. <laughs> now, Wade, one more. That got strange. Uh, one more time uh, to find out more about you, buddy. Obviously, you can hear uh, Wired to Hunt uh, each week on our radio show. But uh, to find out more about you, uh, one more time, where do we have to head, buddy? Uh, WadeBornOutdoors.com. You bet. Hey, that was Wade Bourne. Of course, he says now's the time to get out there, practice those calls, and get a limited ducks. That's right. Hey, we're presented to you by Outdoor Channel. Check them out, OutdoorChannel.com. But if you want to, if you have a couple extra seconds, go to OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. You can read Jim's bio. Yeah. That's what you can do. Uh, also, check out some of our sponsors like Ram Trucks or RamTrucks.com, plus Ruger at Ruger.com and Highbound Seasonings. That is H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. But, Mr. Wade, man, uh, we, we greatly appreciate you, friend. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, I love you more than Jim. Thanks so much, buddy. Hey, man, always a pleasure. Hey, coming up next is expert Tundra Swan Hunter, old Mike Marsh. You might say it's going to be his swan song. Yeah, all that's coming up uh, right after the break. But first, let's get to Mark with the mailbag. Today's Revolution Mailbag that's brought to you by Ram is made of sugar and spice and tons of emails that are nice. So let's open it up. The Revolution Mailbag. Dee LeBlanc writes, I caught the show last week for the first time on WUTI and was blown away. You guys are awesome. The show rocks and my weekends just got better. Hey, thanks, Dee. Ernie Garcia emails, Trav, does your goatee have a Facebook fan page? And if not, will you let it open one? (laughs) That's great. Patrick Boskis says, Congrats, you guys. Official radio program of Outdoor Channel is quite an accomplishment. Howie Munt asks, Legend has it, Trev, that you squeezed Babe Winkleman's tush and made him blush. Is it true? Howie, Trav says that for his age, surprisingly, his buttocks were fairly firm. Yeah, moving on. Bethany Linden writes, Hey, guys, I've been seeing lots of things in the news about feral hogs and was wondering when you were going to tackle this troubling issue. Bethany, you must have ESP because the the boys are hitting that topic up next week on the revolution, and they're calling it Pigorama. And finally, Sinead Levin says, I wonder what Trav's karaoke playlist for 2013 will be, because I almost died last week when Trav dedicated a song to Lee Lakoski. Well, I'm sad to see it end, but another revolution mailbag that's brought to you by Ram is over and done. But if you want me, Mark, to read your thoughts and opinions next week, make sure you hit us up at radio at outdoortrailsnetwork.com. They face disaster daily. But now, these SWAT operators go head-to-head in a grueling competition. All guys in special ops constantly push themselves. Focus is critical. When the elite compete, the finest active SWAT members from around the country putting my name on the line. Infiltrate Outdoor Channel. I'm not going to back down from any challenge. The elite technical unit SWAT. All new, Wednesdays, 9 p.m., 8 central. Only on Outdoor Channel. True to the core. A truck should make you want to get out and see the world. The Driver Command Center in the new 2013 Ram 1500 with available 3D navigation, Sirius XM, and Wi-Fi at your customized touchscreen control. Backed by a five-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Engineered to move heaven and earth. Guts. Glory. Ram. The new Ram 1500 with best in class fuel economy is Motor Trend's 2013 Truck of the Year. Learn more about Ram's pioneering technologies at ramtrucks.com. See dealer for powertrain limited warranty. Ram is a registered trademark of Chrysler Group, LLC. Sirius and XM are registered trademarks of Sirius XM Radio, Inc. 
Some of you may also have heard the story of a monster. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, here are the boys. Stop looking at me, Swan. Stop looking at me, Swan. You say it now. I can't. You do it. Do what? Play it again, Frank. Stop looking at me, Swan. Now you say it. Try to sound like it. Stop looking at me, Swan. No, you can't do it. <laughs> That's Billy Madison. I love that show. Uh, Mark's mad at me for playing that club. He says we play too much. Uh, anyways, we're, uh, we're talking about uh, late season waterfowl hunting on today's show. <laughs> I have no idea what, how that ties Why together. Why are they saying this? <laughs> now we're talking about late season waterfowl hunting on today's show. Uh, right now, uh, actually here in a minute, uh, we're going to be joined by Mike Marsh uh, talking about a uh, tundra swan. Yeah, and matter of fact, we just heard from a Wade Bourne. Yeah, and of course, he, he's been on the show several times. A great waterfowler, extraordinaire. Yeah, the guy's amazing. Uh, but our phone lines are open at 785-846-7647. We had a little second uh, before uh, uh, Mike comes on. Mike comes on. <laughs> we got to play a little clip for Billy Madison. Uh, this is like You the, love Billy the, Madison. I love that show, but this is, I think, by far the all-time greatest clip ever in movie history. Frank! Play, buddy. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. <laughs> At no point... In your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is, is now, now dumber, dumber for having, having listened, listened to it. it. That is like the best <laughs> clip ever. It sounds like my wife talking to me. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, but once again, our phone lines are open at 785-846-7647. We are talking about uh, swan hunting. I mean, think about this. Uh, this dude can exceed 20 pounds, all right, and their wingspan is up to 7 feet. Oh, my. That's like a car flying through the air at you. That is amazing. Or a B-52 bomber. I don't know why I said car. <laughs> Anyways, uh, right now we're being joined by Mike Marsh. He is online. Mr. Mike, how's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going fantastic, guys. Yeah, now, actually, a couple weeks ago, uh, Mike, you were over there in Arkansas. I love Arkansas. It's one of the greatest We are hugging states. Mike Huckabee. You were, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were there with oh, the boys yeah. from Under Armour. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I was over there trying out the uh, new Under Armour Skysweeper apparel, especially their coat. I mean, it's incredibly yeah. uh, thin and water-repellent. Now, back there was, uh, at the Buckshot Duck Lodge. Oh, really? In Arkansas. Yep. With, oh. uh, with Mark Estrada, who's the marketing director, and it was a really fantastic hunt. Limits of mallards, mm-hmm. eight different species of waterfowl in one day, speckle belly geese, and and so many ducks, uh, there were too many. See, that that's why I duck hunt. I just feel as though there's too many ducks. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I got to start getting rid of them. I got to do my part to help. Now, you're from North Carolina, and you, you got to correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, they say that nearly 80,000 swans winter in North Carolina, but the overall population throughout the country is somewhere between a hundred to 120,000. North Carolina is like the mecca yes. for swan hunters. Is, is that correct, Mike? That, that is correct. We Dang. have more swan hunters here than anywhere else, uh, as far as I know, on the planet. That is amazing. I mean, you guys are just inundated with swans. That's now, cool, buddy. Now, question for you. Do you, uh, do you actually decoy these guys in? Do you have tundra do do swan decoys, or do you use, uh, uh, you know, maybe, uh, uh, snow geese, uh, Decoys. Well, we use all different kinds of things. Back in the beginning, when the season first opened 25, 30 years ago, you know, they, they would decoy to you if you were walking around with a white hat on. <laughs> of course, they've gotten a, a little bit wearier since then. Yeah. And they, there are actually some floating decoys out there. They're absolutely huge, some swan decoys, silhouettes. Uh, and a lot of people will take Canada goose decoys, especially the uh, larger varieties. Uh, the Magnum decoys, and they'll paint those white and use those for swan. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah, I was actually reading right here that they said uh, in North Carolina, nearly 85% of applicants actually uh, receive their permit. That is really good, though. Holy cow. Till after you guys show. Now, everybody's going to want to come <laughs> here and do it. So, you know, the odds of being drawn and go down a little bit. As a matter of fact, this is one of the first years of my family did not draw us. The swan permit. No, are you yeah. serious? Well, that's because Travis and I got one. North Carolina hates you now, Mike. <laughs> yeah, is, Mike cannot hunt here any longer. Uh, now, before we go on with this, Mike, uh, where can we find you online, buddy? Oh, you can find me at uh, www.mikemarshoutdoors.com. And anybody wants to know anything in this area about uh, hunting or fishing, you're certainly welcome to contact me through the email on my website. You bet. Now, the thing is, what is a uh, swan like for table fare is it much like eating a goose or a duck uh, i would say it's something that's probably more duck like than goose like uh it is a, it is a dark meat there are a number of ways to prepare them 
Uh, I, I, of course, I'm a creative chef, and uh, some Are call you? me a, a gourmet chef when it comes to, to swans and things like that. And since you're only going to cook, get to cook one, of course, you want a gourmet feast. And even if the taxidermy mounts it for you, which is the reason most people come here to hunt, to get their one trophy swan to fill up their living room ceiling with, mm-hmm. uh, you can ask that taxidermist to save that body so you can smother it with pineapple and raisin glaze and grill it on a charcoal grill for about an hour and 45 minutes. Oh, really, that's the most sounds... fantastic thing you ever ate for Christmas. Now, for us bow hunters, okay, I mean, I, I've heard a lot of people, you know, you go back to like like the stick bows instead of the compounds. Um, how hard is this uh, to get a swan uh, with a bow? Have you ever done that before? Oh, yes, I have. Have you really? I finished out one season with my uh, permit in my pocket rather than uh, and then resort to using a shotgun. Oh, if you, nice. If, if you want a bow hunt, do not take your shotgun because it can <laughs> get so severely frustrating to those guys. That, uh, and and you, the excitement is the adrenaline rush from uh, a flock of swans coming in is unlike anything else on the planet. It's absolutely the most beautiful hunt that there is in the world. There's nothing more beautiful than a swan hunt. Now, do you use uh, more of the traditional bow rather than the compound when you go out? Uh, what do you use? Oh, yes. Uh, a, few, a few will use compounds, but the uh, unfortunate thing about a compound bow is the air is moving so fast that... Yeah. Uh, Generally, you can't see where your misses are and adjust accordingly. Mm-hmm. Also, the arrows go a long way. And remember, you have to go pick all those arrows up. <laughs> you know, the, the farmer's tired to get popped on an arrow one day when he's out there plowing his field. All right, so one more time, we're actually coming off an ad break. If we want to find out more about uh, a swan hunting there in North Carolina or perhaps Mike Marsh, uh, where do we need to head to online uh, to find out more about that, buddy? Uh, yeah, hey, we've been talking with Mike Marsh, and of course, this guy knows a heck of a lot about tundra uh, swan hunting. Also, he knows how to fix these things to make it taste good. And this man looks sexy in Under Armour. Yeah, that's all I can think about right now. <laughs> uh, so, I love Under Armour, man. I love I, back when I'm back leaving when, the studio. Back when I was in shape, that's like a while ago. I used to wear their stuff all the time, but I love their hunting apparel. I mean, it's really it's amazing how they've branched out. Um, they make fantastic stuff. But hey, we're the revolution. We're brought to you by Ram Trucks or RamTrucks.com plus Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com and Outdoor Channel. That's OutdoorChannel.com. Mr. Mike, man, though, thank you so much for, for coming on, buddy. It's been fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, it sure has. It sure has. And uh, like this. We'd be glad to come on the show anytime with you, Phil. You bet. Hey, coming up next, we've got Georgia Pellegrini. She's an author, she's a chef, and she's a new host of Ducks Unlimited Television. Now, is she just co-hosting that, or is she like the the official official we're gonna, host? We're going to give her that official statement. They canned Huntley, because Huntley <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Huntley, we're going to get rid of you, Ritter. Uh, anyways, uh, Georgia Pellegrini, uh, stick around. She's coming up next. Be a part of the revolution. Hit up radio at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. More revolution on the way. What happens when two great hunters, who happen to be very competitive brothers, go head-to-head for 12 wild turkeys? We're just a little competitive. There's cheating. Lock the gate. Now we got breaking and entering. Spying. Yeah, baby. And just a little boasting. I don't see us losing. Brothers Mark and Terry Drury go at it in the ultimate turkey hunting competition, where the winner gets bragging rights and all the trimmings. King of the Spring, Tuesdays, 10:39:30 Central, only on Outdoor Channel. True to the core. The Ruger American Rifle, an American legend is born. The Ruger American Rifle is a 100% American-made firearm that offers outstanding performance at a great price. It features power bedding integral bedding blocks for outstanding accuracy. A Ruger Marksman adjustable trigger for a crisp and user-adjustable 3-5 to pound trigger pull. A flush-fit 4-round rotary magazine for smooth, reliable feeding. And a 3-lug bolt with 70-degree throw for ample scope clearance and fast follow-up shots. The Ruger American Rifle, another American-made product from Ruger. Cabela's is the world's foremost outfitter for hunting, fishing, and outdoor gear. You can outfit all your needs through Cabela's catalogs, online, and their many stores. With the best selection, prices, and quality, all backed by a legendary guarantee. For the best in outdoor gear, go to www.cabelas.com. 
High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Ladies and gentlemen, please remain seated as we have a very special announcement. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav, presented by Outdoor Channel. Now, here are the boys. Hey, we just got back, and before the break, we heard from old Mike Marsh talking about Tundra Swan. And over the break, I enjoyed a fabulous, by the way, tell your wife, thank you for those delicious lemon squares. Yeah, I had a kitten nap. That is not helping my waistline at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, the average a little teeny nap you had. It you close your short. eyes for just a second. I can do that. I saw you. <laughs> uh, we are talking about late season waterfowl hunting on today's show. And now we're going to focus on preparing the game that we have harvested. And uh, we're being joined by Georgia Pellegrini. And she's an author. Uh, she's a television host. Hey, Frank, have you got some music we can play for this? What's this song? Oh, Wonder Woman! Perfect! Nice! Wonder Woman! Wonder Woman! All the world is waiting for you! Anyways. Hi, Georgia. Uh, <laughs> Georgia, how's it going? Great. Hi, guys. Hey, cool. This is a new year, by the way. And um, how are you liking 2013 so far? I'm loving it. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good year so far. <laughs> Alrighty. So, um, I'll let you pick a duck, okay? And your favorite way to prepare it, Miss Georgia, uh, how do you go about this? Well, you know, I, I think there's, it really depends on the duck, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually just recently on one of the episodes of Ducks Unlimited, we prepared black duck, which was a real treat for me. It was my first time really? ever hunting black duck up at Prince Edward Island. And uh, it was beautiful, beautiful duck, big duck, kind of like a mallard. Um, and a bit of a challenge because... You know, it, it can be a little bit fishy, mm-hmm. um, and you always have to think about that when you're hunting, you know, what yeah. was your animal eating? And all of the, every duck, or every animal, rather, carries all of its flavor and its fat. So mm-hmm. you had to sort of think about think outside the box, and we did a great recipe for the episode. Um, I'm a big fan of aging all game meat. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? The duck. We ate from geese to duck. You always should age. Um, and we did that, which is wonderful. It tenderizes it. And then we went on to brine it, which I'm a big fan of. It really extract any of that fishy flavor that you might have in your duck. Now, when you when you say you age it, now did you age it with the uh, the skin and feathers on, or did you actually uh, uh, take uh, take the feathers yeah, off? Yeah, because you know, like like you would age a deer, let's say after you you field dress it, you wash it out, sure. you take it in a cooler or your garage or whatever, you'd hang it for a week. Is that basically sure. how you do the ducks? It's similar. Um, with deer, you actually take out the insides. With uh-huh. birds, I leave the insides intact. Really? Yeah, Serious? More mild, yeah. Holy hey, cow, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't do anything to taint the meat? Yeah. What, what happens if you get a BB or two in there? Yeah, in the innards. Uh, you know, I think if you feel like you've damaged, you know, if you've done a gut shot or if you've damaged the, the insides, you can usually tell pretty quickly. Um, if the skin is ripped or exposed then you're not going to want to age it because you want to make sure there's no oxygen that gets in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, you know, it depends on, on your kill. Um, but it actually doesn't. The insides become more mild with time. It's actually an ancient European tradition. Uh, they used to hang their ducks uh, until their heads popped off. So <laughs> you probably don't have the taste <laughs> really? for that these days. <laughs> but it certainly is something that we should do more of. And we, for some reason, we don't do it as much in this culture. And it really makes a huge difference in the tender and the flavor of any game. Now, give us another recipe. Let's well, have, have, we haven't got to the recipe yet. Oh, yeah, we, we've only got the to the aging process. All right, we got to the aging process. <laughs> How do we cook this black duck? Okay, so you really want to age, uh, brine it for you know, at least six hours. You could do it up to overnight. Oh, wow. That, that's basically a saltwater solution. So it's mm-hmm. water, salt, sugar, and then any kind of flavorings you want to put in there. I put in orange peel. This one I did some apple cider, which was fun. Oh, wow. Um, some spiciness, if you'd like. Mm-hmm. You let it soak, and what that does is it really um, adds moisture to the cell walls of, of, the, of the skin of the animal. And mm-hmm. once you take it out, it's able to actually retain its moisture. And people always think, oh, salt's going to dehydrate something. But it actually allows it to also hold in moisture. Um, so when we take it out of the, the liquid, we let it settle for a few more hours so that the moisture can retreat back in. Mm-hmm. You pat it dry, have it nice and dry, and then it's ready to roast. Holy cow. Okay, so you you put it in the oven, what, uh, for a couple hours? So, did you, did you, so did no, you... for, for duck, you really need to eat it rare. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to start with a really, really high heat because you want that skin to crisp up before the inside gets too overcooked. Uh-huh. So I actually let the oven preheat for almost an hour. And what that does is it creates um, an even radiant heat in the cell walls of the oven itself, kind of mm-hmm. like a brick oven pizza. Yeah. Uh-huh. And get that really hot temperature really absorbing into the into the oven 
And then when you put it in, uh, it immediately starts to cook that skin and crisp it up. So that by the time it makes its way to the inside, the outside is really crispy. The inside is medium rare. Do you do uh, any type of a stuffing or, or do you have a sauce that goes along with it? How do you do that? So for, for this particular duck, I actually did a spicy apple duck brine and then I stuffed it with apples on the inside along with some aromatics like rosemary and thyme and some garlic. And that allowed the uh, duck to sort of absorb the flavor from the inside as well, the cavity. And then what happens is your pan sort of takes all of these drippings and these renderings Mm -hmm. and you can put some apples around it as well. And so you have these caramelized roasted apples and then you can deglaze the pan at the end. So what I did is I took the roasting pan, put it on the top of the stove, added some white wine, deglazed the pan, a little bit of stock, Mm -hmm. um, and you sort of reduce that, uh, a little bit of flour if you want to make more of a gravy consistency. And you sort of reduce that a little bit and you have that sweet sort of musty, uh, reduction of those drippings and that, that those sweet apples. And then you kind of ladle it over, over, over your duck once you're, once you're serving it. We are totally going to screw that recipe up. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> it's in. not as hard as it sounds. <laughs> I, I, I actually have it. I have it in my book, actually. There's a recipe for it to take I, you through it. All right. One more time. Got to check her out on Ducks Unlimited TV, airs on Outdoor Channel, best network in the world. It's actually coming out this summer. Right. Check out some awesome episodes with Miss uh, Georgia Pellegrini. One more time, though, find you on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, read your book, Girl Hunter. I highly recommend. I actually have a copy myself. Or my, he my sleeps wife, with it. My wife and I have it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one. Jimbo has it as well. <laughs> Miss Georgia, I sleep with it. Where can we find you online? GeorgiaPellegrini.com is my website, and that's where I have all kinds of recipes and, and photos of, of my adventures. Yeah, and you got your new paperback coming out, like you said, yeah, soon. Yeah, my book's coming out in paperback this month, so it's on shelves near you. Sweet! You got to check her out. Hey, we've been talking with Georgia Pellegrini and this gal, she's a girl hunter. She is a girl hunter. Once again, check her out on Ducks Unlimited TV uh, this summer on Outdoor Channel. It's going to be a, a cool thing to check out, but really, though, pick up her book. It's an awesome book. Uh, look be a great online. gift for anybody. Yeah, a great gift gift for yourself. You know, I really think everybody needs to brush up on, on their cooking skills and, and make the world a better place. Yeah, invite us over too. Yes, I love to eat and drink. Uh, so we are the revolution. We are brought to you by Outdoor Channel at OutdoorChannel.com plus Ruger at Ruger.com and how about Ram Trucks? That's RamTrucks.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com. Miss Georgia, thank you so much uh, for coming on and for filling us in on how to properly uh, prepare a duck. Thank you. A black one. Thank yes. you, guys. Ah, oh, no, thank you, man. Or girl. <laughs> hey, coming up next, we got, what's his name again? Scott Trinan. Hey, coming up next, we've got Scott Trinan with Mold Gear. Yeah, stick around. Oh, it's going to be good. Maybe Jim will remember him. <laughs> I uh, see you after the break. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. More revolution coming up after this. Hunting from a tree is good, but hunting from inside a tree is better. The Tree Blind from Nature Blinds is the most realistic hunting blind on the planet. It fools animals and looks great on your property, too. Visit natureblinds.com for details. Mondays for bottom feeders. Their livelihood is made of other fishermen's throwaways. When an empty haul... Eddie, you're slowing us down! ...means an empty stomach. This is horrible. This is old school. This is how I hunt fish right here. Once you get it in your blood, there's nothing else. Things are looking up. Every fisherman always wants the big haul. All new Mondays, 10.30 p.m., 9.30 central. Only on Outdoor Channel. True to the core. Gear Age repair products make it easy to restore gear to like new condition. Use Aqua Seal to patch waders, seam grip for leaky tents, and Revive X to repel rain. Dozens of products with hundreds of uses. See the full line and find a local dealer at GearAid.us. Those guys are ballers, yo. This is the Revolution with Jim and Trav. Here are the boys. Duck, duck, duck. Goose! <laughs> he made me do that, folks. <laughs> we're actually playing the game while we're sitting here. Yeah. Frank, you're out! <laughs> um, so we're talking about late season waterfowl hunting on today's show. And before the break, though. Yeah, before the break, uh, we heard from Georgia Pellegrini. She told us how to cook a black duck. Yeah, uh, kind of interesting. I've never harvested a black duck. I'd like to do that. 
Um, you got to go to the East Coast to get those. That's fine. I have nothing <laughs> against going to the East Coast. Uh, once again, we want to say a big thank you to all of our new stations out there, plus to Outdoor Channel. Uh, make sure you check them out at OutdoorChannel.com forward slash revolution. A uh, little plug for us. Yeah, but Trav, you know, it's time to slip out and uh, maybe catch a few of those ducks and geese sleeping. You know, last time I tried to catch some geese, <laughs> I got goosed. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, right now we're talking about hunting late season hunter-wary honkers. Right now on the line, we got Scott Trinan, and he is owner and founder of Mole Gear. Plus, he's a three-time World Life Goose Calling Champion, World Team Calling Champion, and winner of over 30 major calling championships. This guy makes me feel really bad about myself. Uh, Mr. Scott, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you guys today? Uh, we're doing good. All right, now, late season goose hunting, okay? Th- these things mm-hmm. are very wary. They've been shot at thousands of times. Nine million times. Everybody's going out there. They're, they're setting up the same way. They're all doing the same thing. And like you have always said that, I mean, these geese, they are smart. They pick up on this stuff. They start to learn and and figure things out. What do we need to do to be successful this time of year, buddy? Well, you need to pretty much be uh, and do completely different what you've been doing all season. You know, you're right. Geese are very, very... Uh, visual learners, they learn yeah. off of what they see, what they hear day in and day out from us hunters. And the more we hunt them and the more we hunt them the same way, the more accustomed they become to the, that, that, that style. So basically late season geese, what we try to do is we switch it up. We go yeah. to different decoy numbers. If you're using, you know, a hundred and some decoys, uh, maybe bump it down some or maybe save some for the end of the year so you're bumping up your numbers, but also, uh, where are you hunting fields? You know, everybody likes to pick the middle of the field or the yeah. highest point in the field. You know, try to get off to the side, the edges, where sometimes geese will naturally feed. Basically, you want to do things differently than you've done all season because that's going to stop working. Yeah. Now, the thing is, are you hunting uh, more grain fields like cornfield and so forth, or are you hunting the yeah. uh, winter wheat fields? Uh, you know, basically, whatever they're feeding on. You know, I'm up here in Minnesota. I know you guys are down in Kansas. So the crop, the grain situation is a little different as you go throughout the country. But primarily late in the year, they love to get on corn. So if you can get on a cornfield, it's high in energy, high in protein. So corn is going to be probably your best bet. Yeah. Now, this time of year, everybody, it seems like we're at, we're at the Super Bowl. Okay, you get out there in the field and everyone's blowing their calls and they're flagging. Um, <laughs> do, doesn't it yep. kind of feel like that? It's like, let's take it down a notch, guys. Do you think that that is, is probably one of the biggest mistakes uh, the guys and gals do this time of year? They get out there, they're calling too much, they're flagging too much. And to me, it almost seems like it. it we're giving a big warning out to the geese. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like... Uh, you know, we're trying to do what we've done all season, but do more of it, so to speak. You know, we've, we've called them all year, now we're trying to call them more. We've yeah. flagged them all year, now we're trying to flag them more, you know, or whatever the case may be. And you really have to switch it up entirely, you know, and calling sequence is one of those. Um, and the big thing late in the year that we find that works is, is realism and realism and rhythms. Uh, up and down rhythms, you know, basically sounding like geese would sound out in the field. And if you listen to geese out in the field, you know, they get excited and then they calm down. They mm-hmm. get excited and then they calm down. Whereas a human rhythm, a lot of times, is a wall of sound. It'll just be nonstop calling, and that's what you're referring to. And that can be a big mistake late in the year because the geese have already heard that from, you know, Canada down to Kansas, Texas, wherever you might be hunting. So the big thing is, is you got to switch up all that for realism, and that goes along with flagging as well. It can't just be waving the flag to get their attention. It has to look like a goose. Yeah. Now, do you uh, do you mix up your uh, decoys? I mean, do you, sometimes you put snows out with uh, Canadians, maybe a, a duck yeah, or two? Yeah, you can mix it up. I, I, I personally own it. Pretty much every brand that's out there uh, made, <laughs> and I love to switch it up. You know, one thing about decoys is you kind of have to look at them as like fishing lures. Yeah. You know, you don't go out and throw the same lure day in and day out all season long and expect it to work. you got to switch it up some, and decoys are the same way. Yeah. Now, real quick, before we go on with this, uh, Scott, if we want to find out more about Molt Gear, everything that you guys have to offer, uh, where can we find you guys online? Uh, we're just at www.moltgear.com. That's just moltgear.com. Now, um, hold, hold on. Sorry, Jimmy. How, what do you think? I mean, everybody needs to learn how to brush up on their calling. Obviously, talk to a man like you. Um, everybody sounds terrible. But reading, like, the body language of the geese, how important is this to sit there and to really study them? Is this something that we need to be thinking more about? Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, that, that's a great question, and uh, 
it, it's totally true is that the body language on reactions to sound is more important than the sound that you can create or Bingo. how good the caller you are. You know, you might just be able to do a cluck or a honk on a call yeah. or, uh, you know, a double cluck or something, but there's something called inflection where, you know, you can put more meaning into the same sound. And that is a huge part of calling geese. So reading geese and knowing how to call to them and when exactly to call to them is far more important than a handful of sounds that you can make on a goose call. You know, it, it, if you can make a couple sounds and make them with different inflection and you know how to read geese, that is, that's way more important than, than having the overall bag of things. All right, now give us two little tips right now. I know we're coming up on ad break here in a minute. Can you give us two little tips, buddy, on, on things that we, we need to shy away from if we want to be better callers? Just, just some little helpful hints here. Well, one of the biggest things is I think with goose calling especially is the new thing is the, the short read goose calls. You know, it mm. used to be flutes back in the day. Now everybody's yeah. blowing short read goose calls. And the way you present the air into the call is, is the big uh, turning point in guys. And one thing that you, that a lot of people reference, and I just did too, is, is, is actually blowing the goose call. And you actually don't do that. Really? You know, when you blow air into a goose call, it's going to be cold air, almost mm -hmm. like you were to cool your wrist off when you're hot. What you want to put into the call is hot air, and what you can do is if you ever fogged up a pair of glasses, oh, yeah. where you kind of into the call, that's the pressurized air that you need to put into the call. So oh. that's probably the biggest thing that guys go wrong at is they blow into the call instead of pop or push the air into the call. You're talking about hot air. I was just going to bring my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> She's full of hot air. You could have a whole day worth of it. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a whole hot air balloon. She's a loon, that lady is. Yeah. Now, one more time, buddy, uh, okay. to find out more about malt gear, if we want to brush up on our bad grammar, uh, if we want some apparel, we want some goose calls. Uh, we want to join the Goose Society. I want to join the Goose Society. I want to follow you on Facebook. I want to be one of you guys. I want to be Scott. Where can we do that, buddy? Hey, you can go to www.moltgear.com. That's moltgear.com and check us out. Nice. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Scott Trinan, and of course he has Molt Gear. That's right. Got to hop online, check him out. Great guys. Whole cast. They even got a Whitney's brother on there, I read somewhere. That, that's quite a title. Of course, the question <laughs> is, who's Whitney? <laughs> Everybody knows Whitney. All right, we're the revolution. We're brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Check them out at outdoorchannel.com plus Ram Trucks, ramtrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTAJerky.com. But uh, Mr. Scott, man, thank you so much for coming on and, and telling Jim everything he's been doing wrong. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, thanks for having me, and uh, good luck to everyone out there. Not hard, hunt alive. Righty. Hey, coming up next, we've got Jim Crawley from Hook and Hunt TV and Radio. Yeah, we got to get to a break. We'll see you after this. Stick around. More Revolution with Jim and Trav coming up after this. When it comes to camping, I like to relax, but I was getting stressed about camp cooking. Then I discovered the Camp Chef Portable Outdoor Oven. This junior-sized oven works with a small propane bottle and is perfect for family camping trips. With a matchless ignition, heating up to 400 degrees, and space to put a 9 by 13 inch pan, I can cook cinnamon rolls for breakfast, casseroles for dinner, and pie for dessert. Look for the Portable Outdoor Oven at a store near you or online at CampChef.com. Camp Chef, the way to cook outdoors. Who's watching your home when you're not there? It could be a burglar. Burglars prefer to break in when they think no one is home, and no one will stop them. Don't be an easy target for intruders. Protect your home with a free security system monitored by ADT, the leader in home security. Pick up your phone right now and get free hardware, free medical and fire alert, and free activation. It's an $850 value. Just call Protect Your Home, your authorized ADT dealer, at 1-866-669-8954. You'll get 24-hour protection, and there's no cost for parts or activation. Call now about a free security system monitored by ADT. Call 1-866-669-8954. $99 installation charge, 36-month monitoring agreement at $35.99 per month. Call for terms and conditions to this offer and protect your home license numbers. Call now, 1-866-669-8954. That's 1-866-669-8954. Zeiss and Hornady teamed up for a simple and intuitive new shooting concept, Conquest Superformance. Just select Hornady Superformance, match with one of the Zeiss Conquest Superformance rifle scopes with Rapid Z Ballistic Reticle, zero rifle at 200 yards, play scope on maximum power, and use the reticle's holdover bars to hit targets at extended distances. It's never been easier. Check out Zeiss.com slash sports. You bet. 
gotta bring it. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Brought to you by Ram at ramtrucks.com. Oh, it's already been brought Hey, we're back. We're back! <laughs> That's a statement. That's what that was. Hey, we're back, and you're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. The phone lines are open at 785-846-7647. We've been talking about late-season waterfowl hunting this week. Yeah, and this is kind of interesting. I actually found this on uh, Ducks Unlimited's uh, website. Check them out, ducks.org. But uh, the Great Salt Lake is arguably the most important waterfowl hotspot in the Intermountain West. There are uh, roughly 35 species of waterfowl numbering between... Three to four million that annually utilize its diverse wetland ecosystem for migration and breeding. I had no idea. Yeah, three quarters of them are Mormon. <laughs> that is, or Pentecostal. They could be. Anyways, uh, right now we're being joined you by were a Mormon uh, Pentecostal guy. You'd be wild. I'd be confused. <laughs> Very confused. Uh, you'd wake up in a daze every morning, probably in the fetal position in the bathtub. You'd wake up in it. <laughs> Every day's. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, right now we're being joined by uh, Jim Crawley with Hook and Hunt TV and Hook and Hunt Radio. Uh, Mr. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Appreciate you coming on. Good, guys. Nice to be back with you. Uh, but, you know, w- one thing I think today's show has taught me, uh, guys, is that late season waterfowling is extremely technical. It's very difficult. And if you want to be successful, you truly have to go all out. And I, I guess, I mean, honestly, I, I really never understood that. Uh, Jim, up until today. Well, I'm, you know, I, yesterday was a, was a great example. Now, um, I, I hunt with a very, very good group of waterfowlers. I learned stuff with some of these guys every time I'm out, and I've been hunting with them for three years. Mm-hmm. Here's what we had. We had geese coming off a property that had just migrated down within the last couple of days, and they, they've been hitting this bean field and corn field. And we put the decoys on the top of the hill, a uh, bean field, where there's absolutely no cover, so you could not high. They split the decoys up into two areas. They they were watching how the geese were coming off this property. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they put the decoys farther out to give these geese kind of like a bowling alley type of thing for mm-hmm. them to come down. They knew where they were coming. They put the decoys farther out one way, yeah. and we hid on a fence row with no blinds whatsoever. Oh, wow. in, the, in the natural cover that was there. The geese never came to the decoys. What they did is they stayed along that fence line to get away from oh, the decoys. Really? So when they when they did it, we were done in ten minutes. So basically, yeah. the, the main thing you you want to try to do right now is to get under them, and, and that's what you guys were doing. Right. You're actually using your decoys as a, a different advantage. Actually, of, the decoys was hazing for yeah, them. Yeah, instead of drawing them in, they were actually kind of spooking them off, but you guys yep. were just right in place. That That's brilliant, Jim. That's awesome. And I never, and that was the first time I've ever been in a situation where it worked that quickly and that closely but what really? they explained yesterday is because I don't so a lot of times I hunt early season with these guys and they're like well this is what these birds are doing right now they're so cautious mm-hmm. that you know they basically what they do is they come down to look at the decoys and then drift over well because of wind direction they put the decoys where when they drift over they would drift over toward the fence line wow that is awesome and, wow that's a, yeah, a good tip and, right there it was really, it was, it was really an education yesterday as well as an experience. So, you know, that the other thing too is, I don't care how good of a caller you are, I don't care how good you are. In some cases, some of the best places for that call is in your pocket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, the, the funny part about it, uh, you know, it's kind of like in real estate. It's location, location, location. You find exactly. out where they're lifting off. Uh, you, you set your decoys so they're shying away from the decoys. But they're going right where you guys are at. That was absolutely, as Travis said earlier, that was brilliant. I mean, did, did all you guys come up with this, or just one guy who just has a, a slide rule that figured this out? There's there's two or three main guys in our group that have hunted waterfowl for years, especially in the Midwest here, especially in Illinois, where it can get very, very tough late season. This is from years of experience where they went back to the playbook and go, let's try this today because this has worked in the past. I'll give you one more quick one what I've experienced, and this happened last year. Set the decoys all up. Mm-hmm. Set them farther back into the stubble cornfield. Mm-hmm. Well, you put your motion decoys on the outside than your standard decoys in the center, where when the wind's blowing, the geese kind of figure in, or they, they look at real hard the motion decoys right there. Well, what they were doing is they were stopping short again or gliding around the decoys. What we did is we moved up 
40, 50 yards from the decoys. Mm-hmm. Well, just at the time where they had to go to pull up to move out, they're right in front of us. Oh. They were more focused on emotion and <laughs> decoys, and we were farther up, and the decoys were back behind us. That's you gotta, awesome. you got to stay up all night to figure that stuff out. Jim's smarter yeah, than you, that, Jim. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> he, he was talking to me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes just this, this time of year, guys, sometimes, you know, it, you know, you wait all season for the short season that we as waterfowlers have, mm-hmm. and sometimes there are just days when you just have to adjust. It doesn't matter the brand of decoys. It doesn't matter brand of calls. You just have to adjust. That's yeah. right. I hate but to say act- this, but think it outside the box, yeah. really. There was uh, actually people out there scouting to kind of figure this out, too. And, and scouting is very, very important all year, but probably this time even more. Without question, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of wish you would have, and I, I wouldn't say anything. <laughs> now, now, Jim, if we want to find out more about uh, Hook and Hunt TV and Hook and Hunt Radio, uh, to a great uh, radio program uh, and great uh, television broadcast, uh, where can we find you online, buddy? Uh, you can go to um, hookandhunttv.com, and this week, actually, we've got a great, very interesting segment up um, on, we've had a, quite a waterfall year, and there's going to be ones up there from Texas. There's actually going to be another one uh, up on there right now that we did with some friends of ours who actually hand-carved their own decoys and then layout hunt really? over them, and the history of waterfowling and a friendship that's created between these three guys that we've filmed on the show should be very enjoyable for all your viewers. It really pulls everything in. It's a fun show. And yeah, everybody can find us out at just hook and Andy, hookandhunttv.com. You bet. Hey, we've talked with Jim Crowley, and he's the only person in the whole world that has all of the geese and ducks laughing at him in the Central Flyway. That is true. From Manitoba to Texas. <laughs> yeah, they started laughing at Canada. Then they're like, oh, this jerk face is in Texas, too. <laughs> he's following us. Uh, anyway. Oh. You know that's true, Jim. <laughs> I know. It kind of goes along with the rule. I told my wife that, that an existing guy would always be faithful to her. And she goes, I can always tell you. I said, you most certainly can. Why would I want two women laughing at me? <laughs> <laughs> right, hey, we're the revolution. Uh, we're brought to you by Outdoor Channel. Check them out at OutdoorChannel.com plus Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com and Ruger at Ruger.com and High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com. Mr. Jim, man, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. We appreciate you. God bless you guys. It's a new year, and I'm always glad to start it with the revolution. There you go. Be a part of the revolution. Hit up radio at OutdoorTrailsNetwork.com. More revolution on the way. Hey, we want to give a special thanks to all of our 414 affiliate stations, our advertisers, and everyone that makes the show possible. Like Miss Bunny, Fun Joe, our producer Mark Penary, Frank the Sound Guy, Wade Bourne, Mike Marsh, Georgia Pellegrini, Scott Trinan, and Jim Crowley. Hey, and with the help of Outdoor Channel Plus Ram Trucks, next week we are going Pigorama! We 2013 Pigorama, talking about everything you need to know about feral hogs. It's going to be good. And who ah. you're going to meet at the bar. Yeah, so anyway, Jimbo and I, we love you guys and gals. Stay safe out there. Make sure you get outdoors this weekend, all right? You promise? Pinky swear. All right, stick around because your local news weather, it is coming up next. Love you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.